Episode 449, Ara. The number boggles the mind. Right. It's uh, it's way up there. We're we're approaching nine years. We've passed the eight and a half year mark. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's a lot of Chatterbox Video Game Radio, and uh, we thank all the people listening. Our website, of course, is chatterboxgameshow.com, soon to be updated if and when the host actually calls me back. Uh, we'll have a brand new website that's easier to follow, and uh, yeah, and then maybe maybe even people could comment on episodes right there on the website. Wouldn't that be great? That would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. One day. Because nothing facilitates... Um, completely offensive commenting than open and anonymous capability for commenting. yeah well i can't decide how to how to control it because like on the not, test not version. that we'd necessarily want to i mean i i for one kind of miss the scads of hate mail we used to get yeah. i mean what's well, happening like because we're definitely not any better than we used to be well i just want to avoid spam for the most part and that's difficult because i can tell you our test site that hasn't been announced anywhere and isn't even crawled by google Already has a bunch of spam comments on it. Awesome. Yeah. Don't even know how they found me, but they seem to do it. That also never ceases to boggle my mind. I'm I'm convinced that Facebook is giving my information to spammers. Maybe. And actually, I could implement a comment system that only allows you to comment if you log in with Facebook, which is a pretty good means of spam protection. If you say so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we got another show this week. And that's fantastic that we're both still alive. Yes, and I've got I've got a bunch of stories. I'm just I'm just itching to get started. I don't know about you. Well, let me start by telling you what I did this weekend. Um, it stems from something you told me during last week's show, or at least while we were here doing it. I don't think it was. On you the know air. better than to take my advice. First of all, well, it wasn't so much advice; it's just an advisory. Uh, I guess those are the same thing. Um, Advice as much as a notice. As long as that notice... A PSA. If that notice involves me telling you to do things, you should definitely not listen. No, you simply made me aware that Outland was on... Uh, oh, yes. For, available for PlayStation Okay, Plus so this members. is one of the myriad of things I want to talk about. Because I, I played it more, and we played it online, too. We with, did play it online together. You seem to be a little more upset with the experience than I was. With the online. With so the online. let me start by saying I'm very happy with the game. Um, and I we've talked about it before because I played it... On Xbox Live, yeah. but I, I stopped partway through. And, and I played it more, but I also stopped at a certain point that, that I'd like to talk about. But how yeah. far did you get? I finished it. You finished the whole thing? Yeah. Well, you, now, not on Xbox Live, but now with you, you got You got past the snake. Yeah. The snake? Yeah. The snake boss, the fourth boss. The dragon? The, the flying dragon Sure, thing? the flying dragon. Yeah. All right. The last That's, boss. You need to see the last, the last boss is the best part of the game. See, okay. I, I guess now is as good a time as any. There was. Do you realize that you can uh, strike the bombs in order to stop them? Yeah. Okay. It took me forever to know that. I was I was frustrated enough by that fourth boss that I just I decided I was like, okay, this is my last try now, and if I don't beat it now, I'm probably never going to play again. It took me four tries, and um, yeah, so it was probably the fourth try. That For some I reason, it. I started counting at that point, and. Yeah, anyway, it's funny because, um, you know, as I get older, I have less patience for this sort of thing. But what they started to do, uh, I, I should preface all this by saying that, like, this is one of my, like, top games of the year, okay? It's a fun game. And, and because there's a handful of games that I will actually play or think that are worth playing in one year, okay? Yeah. And by small, handful, I mean, number. like, five or less, Okay. 
So this is a this is a top fiver in my opinion. There's so many things about it that I was really impressed with. The difficulty curving was pretty gradual, and I thought they did such a good job with that. The problem for me was that once it got to this point, and I experienced this a little bit with the boss right before it, that spider boss. Uh, I can't I can't picture the spider boss what it actually does. Oh yeah, that was a little annoying. It was. But then it I was figured annoying. out. What but here's to do. the annoying thing: in both cases, the thing that was annoying, and they upped the ante the second time from the first time, which has also contributed to my increasing not wanting to play anymore. Which was that you, they make you go through a sequence that you have to go through every time before you even get to the boss fight. Yeah, and so and so one of one of the most laborious things that a game can make you do, they it was completely absent from this game until you start getting near the end, and they start making you do these things, which is that when you fail, you, I feel like you get sent back an inordinate inordinate amount, and you're just it's like okay, well I've I've already proven to you, you game you, that I can best this challenge. Now you're just making me do it over again. Well, the spider was worse because you fight the spider a little bit. Yeah. Kind of. And then you get sent through this stuff that is not fighting the boss. And right. then you see him again. Right. The dragon, it's just you do the first part, you get through it, and then you fight the dragon guy. I mean, other than seeing him on the screen, but you don't ever actually do anything. Right. With but him. it's the same. It's, it's even worse because I felt like it was longer. You know? I felt it was like, pretty long. Th- I felt like that whole sequence was actually pretty fun. Except for the last part where you're actually fighting him. Uh, I thought that was kind of excruciating. Um, and I was like, actually, like, I was like one hit away, I think, from, from killing him, and I didn't, right? And it was just, I just, I don't want to go through that, like, minute and a half of uninterestingness to get to the part that I'm stuck at. But what's funny is it was actually fighting the dragon that pissed me off because yeah. it was just, I. Well, that, that I felt that, like that it was unreasonably that, difficult yeah, with all the that, bombs. I'll tell you that I think the reason why that particular battle feels unreasonably difficult, there were two reasons. And one of them was because the, the hit collision detection on the bombs was kind of weird. Like they After were, they exploded or before? Uh, well, the thing that makes them explode, right? Like your proximity, it's just a very – it's a very like excruciating set of like parameters. Got needles on them. Can, can we take a minute can, – can I take a minute to describe the situation here? Okay, sure. Okay, so for the people who haven't played this game or gotten to this point in the game, the dragon is the fourth boss of five, so it's pretty far in the game. And so let's say you die and you start again to fight the boss. You're not starting, you're not starting right when you fight the guy. What happens is it sends you through actually, I think, two full sequences. Yeah, there's two of them. Two full sequences of basically you running through this long level where it's one of those situations where you're running away from like a beam of death, so you have to stay fast enough. And... You know, it's just platformy with the element, the mechanics of the yeah, game. But that's as, not the annoying part. The annoying part we're talking about is with the bombs at the end. Yeah. So anyway, but you have to go through these two relatively long sequences of running away from the beam of the dragon before you get to actually fight the dragon. So you, like you said, there's a minute and a half. It's probably longer than that where you're not fighting the dragon, but you're the only thing you're here for is to fight the boss. Right. So then you get to the boss and he's really annoying because at some point they, like these bombs 
which, by the way, come out of nowhere. Like, there's no explanation for why bombs exist. They just start literally raining down from the sky yeah. well, with such well, density. It's not, like, it's not like we need an explanation. I mean, maybe you're more upset at them and feel like you need justification for them. Well, I mean, listen, the world, there's but... there's willful suspension of disbelief in, in no, all no, sorts no, of scenarios. No, 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 no. Don't even go that route, dude. With this game, there but there's, is there's no... just bombs raining from the sky. This game, is, this entire game, is in a world of contrivance. There, you cannot say to me with a straight face. That you were you were a believer until the bomb started raining down, and that was the point where just everything fell apart for you. Well, I mean, with the spider, you're in a cave, and sure, he shoots like lasers out of his I'm, butt I'm or whatever. I'm not buying it, but, dude. You bought but that. Then, then bombs are floating. You bought the, the you sky. bought the floating jellyfish <clears throat> that electrocute you. You haven't seen the floating we... fish yet either. I did. Oh, no, did those were I've seen those. Okay. You're fine with those. No problem with suspension you know of disbelief what, you know what you missed until out you get to the bombs. The difficulty of the very last level of yeah, World well, 5 I'm sure, I'm sure. jumps up because you know, how, sure you know how the floating fish, not the jellyfish, but the fish yeah. change colors periodically? Right. And the last level, every enemy changes, changes colors periodically. Color. Yeah. Well, and like, there's, cool. there's a visual cue in the whole world. The, the color sorts of, sort of goes away for a second. Right. And so you can tell when they're switching. And you also know, like, okay, I'm, it's going to take me a few seconds to jump onto this platform when I have to sweep up to hit this thing that's crawling on the ground. Yeah. But I'm the wrong color because by the time I get up there, right. he will have changed. No, so that's, have to that's take pretty that badass. Account. And I'll just take your word for it because I'm never playing the game again. Yeah. But, but, okay, look. You really should play the last level. These Let me bombs, the dragon for you. These bombs that fall, okay? They're too dense. Here's, here's the, well, it's not that they were just too dense. It's that they, they explode. Like a little sooner than you think, and I and I could have sworn that the actual like collision radius of the explosion was a bit bigger than the visual. And considering how good they were with mapping the collision to visuals in the rest of the game, and by good I mean that they were very generous to the player. Um, I was really surprised at how strictly the game basically scored your colliding against these things, and I think that's what made it so hard. But the second thing I wanted to mention. Which also, like, this is, this is one of the inadequacies of this game that really only becomes apparent near the end of the game when it starts getting really intense, is that the, a lot of really important sound effects are too muted. And a lot of times, I, especially, like, in the last couple bosses, well, the last two bosses, right? Um, because I couldn't hear, like, the footfall sound for when you drop off a cliff or something and you land. And there were a couple of other sound effects that I didn't feel were loud enough, especially when the camera drew itself really far back in a few cases, right? It's, you don't think it's that important, but it really is, right? Like, the sound effects don't just serve as, like, entertainment for your ears, right? It's actually a really critical part of feedback for you to understand what's going on without actually necessarily relying on your other senses at the same time instant yeah, did and you notice that the blue and the red sword uh make different sounds i didn't notice that at all yeah that's the other funny thing actually i'm glad you brought that up um because a lot of times developers will build in subtleties some subtleties are good they'll add atmosphere what have you other subtleties are just so subtle like that one no one will ever notice. Well, no offense to your setup here, but you, you're using the sound out of a television, right? At my house, I have, you know, the sound in the ceiling and all that jazz. And I found the sound to be very adequate. 
I never had any problems with it. You know what? The sound is not a problem because of my setup. I can tell you right now, even though you like to boast about your setup. No, I've never boasted about my setup. Yeah, listen, listen. It has nothing to do with it. But I'm telling you that I didn't experience the problems you did. No, no, but you did, though. It's just that maybe you just didn't notice because those in the sound mix that they have in the game, those certain sounds aren't emphasized enough. And what that leads to in very subtle ways that are hard to notice is that you don't perform quite as well. Speaking of sounds, we'll be right back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. So you think we should um, like release like an uncut episode one time that includes like all the uh, really boring conversations that we have in between actually recording? I don't know that they're boring. Like, well, they might not be boring, but I, I mean, just d- would assume by default that they're boring. People may think so. They, yeah. Maybe they don't think that we're busy actually yelling at each other, arguing in it's, between. It's, this, this is funny, okay? Because like we just like we just spent like your break, like because time was suspended because of recording technology. <laughs> um, like arguing about the last point that we were just arguing about, so we were kind of meta arguing about it. Yeah, like I didn't notice the the problems with the audio. Although I'll tell you one thing, I did notice that was it it caught my attention. Not that it mattered, but most games when you go into the the settings area, right? You can affect the volume, the in-game volume of both music and sound effects as separate. Yeah, you know, usually, elements. usually games do that. Not always, but yeah, usually. And normally, and I don't know if it should be normal, but this is just the case more often than not. They're set to maximum, right? Ten or a hundred or whatever the setting is. Right. Both of them are set to maximum, so you have the ability to quiet them, but not to increase them. Right. Although I've right. seen it, I've seen it actually done in a variety of different standard ways. All I can ever remember is seeing where they're both maxed out, or maybe both in the middle or something, but usually just maxed at ten. Yeah. And this game has the sound effects set less than the music automatically like by default. I think it's seven for sound effects and ten yeah. for for music. That's interesting because. You know what I think they might have done? I'm total speculating right now. But it sounds like what they did was at the very last minute, they were like, oh, shit, our sound effects are too loud. I uh, just changed the default to seven. Okay. Yeah. That may very because well the, be the it. sound effect is actually very the, – the, all the sound effects are actually rather quiet. Now, I think maybe turning them up to ten, that might be too much, right? Maybe – it would have been better if they had actually like done like a complete like another pass at all the sound mixes, all the sound effect volumes, you know. Um, but yeah, it's I mean they're all they're all very quiet, and um, I guess if if you didn't understand what because Alan didn't 
well, what I meant by footfall is like the sound effect of when you fall down from like a ledge and you hit the ground, right? If, if that's a really sharp punctuated effect, you know right away when you hit the ground. And if it's not, which in this game is not, you, you have to rely on your eyes. And it's just, it's an incredibly subtle thing. Like I wouldn't expect anybody honestly, but me to notice something like this or to even complain about. Well, something I'll agree like that. that it's not very loud, but it may also be that I was just playing it where it was loud enough that no matter how subtle it was, I still heard it. Well, maybe. Right. Um, but or I, your, or your audio system is way better. Than <laughs> maybe. Um, but anyway, I don't want to knock the game. It's actually, it was a really fun game and I'm upset that you didn't see the last level, specifically the last boss. Yeah. And if you're at my place, I'll show you that sometime. Well, um, maybe, or if you want, I can just breeze through the dragon. So that you can play the fifth world. Yeah, that's okay. We have better things to spend our time um, on. But, uh, but it's really good. The last one, specifically because it's so, you know, you're into shooters or shoot 'em ups yeah. And, you know, you have stuff coming at you everywhere. This, this was a situation where, the, the last boss specifically, you know, there's a lot of, you know, laser beams and energy balls and stuff. Yeah. And the thing is, in some games where they throw a ton of stuff at you, various shooters, you just have to either know exactly what to do and memorize the pattern perfectly and get in the right spot or the right corner or something um, in order to protect yourself. And it's also like really, really fast-paced where you're concentrating on killing the things so that you don't even have the chance to, to get something thrown your way. And this last boss takes a long time to beat. You have to be really patient with it. Meanwhile also avoiding all of the lasers and the energy balls. So it's, it just seemed like a more academic effort to me. And that's a little strange in this context, but uh, I had to be more careful. Like I kept telling myself, okay, I have to switch to red. Now I have to switch to blue. Now I have to switch to red, right? Because one thing I thought the game doesn't do very well is identify based on the, the visual of the character what he's really set to because he's for those who haven't played really? the game. Really? The red you know, and blue is not, not enough of a difference for you? Well, because sometimes it zooms out really far. The, the character, it's kind of like, for people who haven't, what's that other game? Well, when they, when they you know what? It's, I always like to say that the developers have guts when they can zoom out a camera really far. And I never really even consider that there would be a limit to that. But in this game, like there was, like, like the second boss, a couple times, the camera zooms out so far that you do kind of tend to lose your character. Yeah, I didn't it, think it was possible, but it is. You can zoom out. I would compare the, the graphical style to this game uh, of this game a little bit to Limbo, where a lot of stuff is set in silhouette, a lot of stuff is just black, yeah. and then there's some, some high contrast stuff, right? So your character starts off all black with some yellow, and then you get some energy stuff. We don't so need you, to think, story, you think the but, black is too much in the character? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, at least when it zooms out. I, I mean, I'm also colorblind, so, you know, red is more subtle to me than to other people. So may, I don't want to blame it on the game when it this might is, be I me. I think this might be the first time you've told me this one. No, I mean, there's a lot of dudes are colorblind, but specifically... Well, I know that, but I didn't know it was you. Well, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I see red just fine, but it's when you make something really light pink that I'm like, it looks white. Like my bed... Interesting. You've seen my bedroom at home, right? All right, you've seen my bedroom. It's... Um, uh, I, I recall it like it was yesterday. Do you remember it being pink? I don't even remember any well, colors. Well, next time you're over, check it out because my wife tells me it's pink. <laughs> but okay. it looks straight up white to me. So That's anyway, um, there's sometimes where because there's so much black on the character and only a little bit of the, the bright colored blue or red yeah. that I would 
have a hard. It just. I, mean, I, can, I could look I, at it. I experienced that red. too. I experienced that too. Okay. And and so yeah, that's. Yeah, that's I that's wish a good there point. was a little bit more identifying of what it was. So anyway, point is, I was constantly telling myself I have to switch. I have to switch. I have to switch. Like keeping track of what I was at any given moment and sort of setting a default for myself. Like yeah. I'm going to always be blue unless I need to be red for a second. I'll switch red and then switch back. But you to blue. still need to. You know what? Like you probably still need to remember that information anyway without having to look at the screen because. Yeah, I mean, it's, just like in Ikaruga, right? Because it had the same format. You kind of had to. You had to know. You you wouldn't. The best players would know what mode they were in just by remembering how many times they pressed the button. Yeah, and so anyway, you had to do that. And there were sometimes where I just totally would lose the funk, and I would just be getting hit left and right, like yeah. four four hits real fast, just because I would. Oh, I need to switch. No, I didn't need to switch. I was fine. It just looked like I was getting hit. Right. And like, right. It was. It was. Weird. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Like when you get hit, like I didn't feel like also by by audio, it didn't punctuate that enough. So in many cases, I actually wasn't sure. Like there was an expanse of like seconds when I was in a morass of bullets that I really like. I knew I got hit at some point, but I didn't know what or where or when exactly. Yeah, I do wish also that they made use of vibration more to let you know that you were getting hit. I'm fine with the vibration as is. Yeah. Anyway, I got it. There's something I wanted to tell you about. Okay, we're starting enough the show. of this. Yeah, enough of Outland. Oh, you know what we need to do before we continue? No, I don't. Mention our sponsor, the University of Advancing Technology, and their website, uat.edu. Okay, fine. Okay. Okay. Um, so I had, I had one of the most incredible Gran Turismo 5 races the other day. By the other day, do you mean right before I came over today? No, it was like the other day. Okay. Uh, and I'm still playing the game on a regular basis. You know, it's funny. My wife refers to the other day as any time in past history. Yes, that, can, that is also a valid definition. Have, for have you word. witnessed that? Yeah, the, that's fine. That's, no, the other day her, when I was fine. in seventh grade. The other day. It's another day. It's not today. It hasn't happened yet, so it's any day in the past. Okay. Okay. So anyway, I li- the game I also like to play is guess, guess if it was... A couple of days ago or three years ago. That's fun. Okay, but anyway, I digress. I'm sick of that game. I can tell you that much. <laughs> sick of that game. <laughs> okay, so Gran Turismo 5, five-lap race. It's like seven minutes, let's say. Okay? Now, I, I, I make it a point. The only way that I can extract uh, infinite enjoyment out of this game is that I always try to pick a car where it will be, as I tried to describe to you at the beginning, uh, right before the show, the, the optimal maximum difficulty for me, okay? And then what that means is that I try to make it as hard as possible while still giving myself a challenge that I can actually surpass, right? Get first place in. But as hard as possible within that constraint, okay? So I had the perfect race as far as that goes because what I got in first and I, I recorded the whole replay, Okay? And I won by one thousandth of a second. I could have not gotten any closer and still won. Okay. That was it was incredible. So really you have no reason to play this game ever again. Well, no, I mean like it's it's just well, it's not the sheer numerical result that I'm after, obviously. You know? But you've hit you've hit your peak, sir. Well, I've hit there's, a peak, but <laughs> there's is, other there's other peaks I can strive. It was the perfect for. round. There was numerically, yes. You know, but thankfully there's there's other things that are involved. So that was that was pretty incredible. Um, I got to I got to tell you also. I've been playing a lot of demos lately. I told you about this 14 gig demo last week. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I've. It's funny. I feel like I've been tricked. Okay. 
because I see this 14 gig demo on there and so, all of a sudden my brain is like assigning all kinds of like value to it because it's a 14 gig demo. Man, I want to see this 14 gig really? game. Really? It could just be a really poorly coded demo. It could. Of course, I know in reality that it has nothing to do with how good the game is. You know, but it's like, oh man, I really want to download this this huge RPG, this 14 gig soft porn demo. Wait, it's and an RPG? Yeah, it's an RPG. Because this is the game where you're only allowed to play for an hour, right? Yeah, this was the one, this was the soft porn one I was talking about last week. But I didn't realize it was an RPG. Yeah, it is. Like, what are you going to do with an hour? Like, you're probably going to spend the first half hour just meeting well, the characters. Well, I mean, you know, you play it. An hour, I think, is long enough to decide if it's something worth playing, right? But here's what I found out, okay, in the process of playing it, okay? First of all, that uh, it doesn't even qualify as soft porn anyway. Because I, I figured it was not, it not nearly that titillating, so I'm very disappointed, for one. For two... I mean, I played I played the whole hour because I felt like I had to extract everything I could out of it because I had put in so much investment in the first place. I would feel the same thing. Right. And plus disappointment when the game is actually no good. Well, well, it was disappointing pretty much the whole way through. And good, good thing you played it for an hour then. I mean, I was like counting. I was like, you know, I don't like I didn't want to play it after like 15 minutes. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to fight through this. I'm going to push through it because... I owe it to all of our listeners. All right. Well, tell us more how that turned out right when we come back. Hey, it's me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. Okay, so you okay. played a crappy game for an hour. Okay, so the game we're talking about, in case you uh, don't remember last week, is uh, Record of Agarest War Zero. Okay. I remember that name, sort yeah. of. So so the whole time when I was playing, I, was, I told myself repeatedly, what am I doing here? What am I doing with this? What is the point of this? Just what am I doing? What am I doing with this hour of my life? You know what you're doing? You're playing an RPG for only an hour. It's not that I was just playing an RPG for an only hour. And it it, it neither had to do with the reality that I was playing an RPG that usually requires an enormous time investment in order to do anything with. It was the fact that I came to the realization, a couple things. One, that there was extensive dialogue right and and i always like these are things that i always kind of knew but let's just say i've gained a a newfound appreciation for okay first of all this dialogue i'm just telling myself the entire time what are these people talking about oh i'm some hero who has amnesia like that hasn't happened before and um oh look here's this um not not bad looking female who's going to help me and knowing, she has herbs and she's going to heal me. And knowing that you just played Outland, I find it hard to believe that you're willing to criticize a storyline. It's not just – it's not criticizing a storyline, okay? What I'm criticizing is in – okay, Japanese games are especially endemic of this. But even Western games, I feel like they have, they have no refuge from this. There's just, there's just such a volume of dialogue – 
that it's just chitter chatter. It has absolutely no entertainment content. There's it's just nothing interesting. You know? It's just it's just we gotta talk about something because we gotta talk about it to explain what's happening. You know? And it's just like an exchange of facts. Like it's just it's not funny. It's not interesting. It doesn't make you think of anything. It's just it's zero value. How many how many writers have wasted words just writing something I don't like I don't understand. Like you would think that there would be a a a desire to have an efficiency of grammar in video games. You know? You would think that it would not be about like let's just have them talk randomly, but we would we want to make the best use of the words that we got in our English language. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a bunch of games that I've played, mostly from Japanese developers, where they just go on and on and on. And basically, it's it's one of those situations where you just press the button and you see the guy on the left talk. And then you press the button and the yeah, guy on the right talks. Yeah, and this talks, is what I was doing. And back and forth over and over and over. I'm jamming on this button as fast as I can because I, can, I can't read every single word going at max speed. But I can see about 70% of them. And the more I go through this, the less attention I pay because I can tell... They're not saying shit. It's, Dude, it's not – there's nothing. Earlier, Every once in a while, and I'll look back. Are they saying it? No, they're still, they're still talking, but they're not saying anything. Right before the show, you said that you, um, you played a, like a PSP minis game. Yeah. PS3. It's, it's like Randy O'Sullivan Snooker or something yeah. like that. So I downloaded uh, a minis game, which appears to be intended for the PSP, uh, but I played it on my PS3. It's called Orbit. Which is, it's true to the minis moniker. Like, it is not much of a game. Okay. But uh, it's very Western, right? It was clear that it was made by Americans based on the dialogue. And it was a lot of dialogue back and forth for a game that was, I mean, I don't want to spend time describing the gameplay, but it's basically a slingshot simulator okay. for the most part. And but it's like these two scientists are going up to the moon to like get some money and make I, again story doesn't make sense. Right. But they took a, they took a game that had no purpose for story. Right. They put the story in just to sort of explain where they were and sort of set it up. Right. But then they took it to like the tenth degree and they just kept talking back and forth, scientist and assistant, blah 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 blah. And I was like, listen, I want to play your stupid game that is defined as a mini game. Right, and I'm sitting here reading ten minutes of dialogue. I'm sure as hell I'm not <laughs> reading it. Guess what type of data is really inexpensive? Yeah. So I mean, it's very frustrating. Any time I play a game where I get to the point where I'm no longer interested what they're, in what they're saying, and I'm just tapping through, right. means that anything they said previously is also moot because I've now completely separated story from gameplay, and I'm not interested in story at all. Right. And so they, I would imagine that when playing through the game themselves. The, the developers play it, they realize, uh, oh, this is way too much. I mean, I know you get really close to your own game and you know the storylines. No, don't I don't attention. think they always do. And also, I, I think that this is exacerbated by the fact that there's, because there are formal positions, once, there's, once the formality is created for a process in development, right? In other words, there are writers, right? Now, for better or worse, usually for worse, right? This is not to say that writing is intrinsically bad. It's just that we just have so many bad examples of it, okay? Now, 
now that there's a formalism for it, it's it's almost like it's its own life form that tries to like subsist and tries to survive, you know, in development land and tries to also make itself as big as it can. That makes sense. I I wonder when you've had writers involved in your projects, do you just let them sort of write backstory and ideas for, for well, elements it's, it's for the environment and stuff I've, like that? I've been the writer for several projects that I've worked on in the past. And in all cases, actually, we've, end up, we've ended up completely ditching all the writing. I've done, I've done months of writing, more than one month of just doing writing for a game. Actually, it was... Tell me it was Dude's Big Adventure. It was Dude's Big Adventure. Yeah. And we, we cut the entire narrative portion of the game. Wow. For good reason. Because our resources were limited, but and and also at that time, I mean, I was not in it. I was not in a position where I could be directing the content of that game, not that part of it anyway, right? And so it was my task. You know, I was hired, and at least initially on that project, it was my task for like a couple months to just to write the script, and wow. I did. And it was it was it's not uncommon for months and months of work to be thrown away. For good and bad games alike. Well, that's unfortunate, though. I mean, you spent a lot it, it of time. was it was unfortunate too because I could have like I was I would I would think to myself this is this is one of the things this smells like we're not ever going to use any of this, <laughs> you know. You knew while doing it. I mean, I didn't know, but I knew that's how it smelled. Okay. Right. And so, I mean, I'm not the first person to be in a job who has the feeling like oh. You know, this work that I'm doing, none of it will be used. It'll be a complete waste of money and resources. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. But no, it's, it's fascinating it's, nonetheless. I mean, it's, hey, you know what? For 60 minutes, you know, the, mo- the, the movie, the show 60 Minutes, they shoot seven hours of film and they end up using 20 minutes of it for one segment. So it's just it just comes with the territory. Now, that being said, that doesn't always mean that you have to have, right, like a 15% efficiency rate no matter what. You can yeah. make good decisions and bad decisions, right? It's like, it's like the people that I talk to for every once in a while who kind of think that, like, all car accident risks are equal no matter what you do. I hate that, I hate that philosophy. It always pisses me off. You know? No, it's the way you drive. That's what matters. But people kind of feel uh, – anyway, I don't want to get off. That's a whole different thing. I don't want to get off into that. Um, Okay, so like a couple other quickies. Okay, I just want to... Are we moving push. on completely? Yeah, let's move on. You know, I what I, you know what I realized before we switch? What's is that? that we mentioned briefly that there was something we didn't like in uh, in Outland. Like you even said that I didn't like it, and then we just breezed over it. Yeah, but that's okay. The co-op mode. I wanted, I wanted to talk about this for a second. Do you remember playing the co-op mode with me? I said, hey, I, Ara, let's was, play co-op yes, mode. Yes, and we did, and it was cool. But you had to like get to a co-op mode to play the co-op mode, which was very odd i thought yeah well so what i realized after after finishing the game and i could have realized it this earlier but i was too focused on the single player is that uh there's arcade mode like the leaderboards are 100 percent dedicated to the arcade modes not the the normal game right uh and the co-op stuff is just a co-op version of the arcade mode right. where you're going for score alone right um but yeah it was weird like you could play the whole game sort of single player with two people but the thing i hated the thing i wanted to point out was how absolutely abysmal the network connectivity was. Um, that uh, the game was unplayable. for It me. was bad for you. 
Yeah, I think you as the host probably had a different experience, but I didn't really yeah. see how it went for you. Yeah, I mean, you I was said getting, it wasn't so bad. It was pretty good. I was pretty pleased with it. On the other hand, I also have wireless connection. I don't know if you have wired on yours. Yeah, I have wired on mine. Yeah, so so I'm sure we were, we were transmitting at a bad rate. But anyway, okay. Well, also, like, my, my connection is way faster than yours, right? Yeah. But you shouldn't need that speed in order to make this game work. But... Uh, I mean, it could have just been one of those things. I mean, it you was, never know. It was absolute junk. I couldn't stand playing it, even to the point that we... Like, before we got to the co-op area, yeah. I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, well, that's obviously bad. And when the latency's high, that obviously ruins the whole thing. Yeah, but now but, I'm curious if anybody else played it, has played this game in co-op, and if it was just us, or if that's how the game I'm sure is. if we had both wired connections, it would have been much better. Yeah, but I mean, you had a better experience than me. You were on... I imagine we would have a mirrored experience. I, I, it's you know what networking the, is really subtle. The fact that you were the host, I suspect, maybe. probably made it better for you. Like you didn't maybe. notice every few seconds. Just no, there dude. was some latency, but it, it was, was like Sonic Four latency. No, it wasn't that bad. It was like it was pretty good. Anyway, okay. let's let's move on. Right. I actually lied about Argurist War Zero. I'm not done complaining about that. Okay, okay. here's the other thing. Okay, this won't take very long, but it's really important. I also realized that this game, I've played this game a thousand times. And it's the same game that I've played a thousand times with like four switches flipped around. Okay? So it's like 4% new and 96% old. Okay? You start, like, you start in a town. You defeat random enemies while walking over a field. Oh, I made it to the second town. You collect party members. Who are you? Oh, I don't know. I lost my memory. Oh, I can help. Why don't you join my party? No, I don't think I'm going to. I think you're an asshole. No, please. That was already more interesting dialogue than the dialogue in the game. Well, this explains why I don't play RPGs. Because they're all the same. It's so... It is... It's, it has never struck me so soundly how completely inconsequential like this experience was in terms of novelty. You know, I always like to say that, like, you know, like, like novelty is not the most important thing in the game necessarily. It's not always about doing something new all the time, you know. But this is like, I mean, this is the same road I've been on so many times. And I don't understand, like, like how, like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm done with these kinds of games. I don't, like, do people keep playing these over and over? Yeah. Called Dragon they, Quest 38. How do they do this? I don't understand it. Stop playing RPGs. That's how. Are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. 
All right, we're back once again. Um, okay, there's there's one other thing I want to push through. Two other things, and you will mention that, that after I right. mention UAT.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology, the place that that you could go to, the website you can go to to learn about the programs that that university has to offer you. Okay, and um, as always, we have our Google Voice line. If you are not a solicitor um, and would like to leave us a voicemail message, that's four eight zero. Four four two six three two one, and if you can recognize um, English characters, then that's four eight zero four game twenty one. Do you just work hard to come up with a new a new way to stress? I the do fact my that best. A little little twist, a little different every time. Every time. One okay. time, one time, we'll figure out the one that's actually funny. I'm waiting for that day. Yeah, well, you know, I always I always strive. Right, it's, it's, I always give a hundred and ten percent. So are we going to talk about the Plunkett article or something else? Uh, yeah, we got. but I want to push through these other things real quick because they're really small things that if we don't cover now, they'll never be covered. Um, so I was also playing with, with, with this complimentary PSN thing that we have, right? I played a demo of uh, Need for Speed Shift 2 and then that other like newest Need for Speed game. I think it's Most Wanted or Hot Pursuit. No, it was Hot Pursuit. I mean, Got they make names. so many of them, and they reuse the same names over and over again. It's so confusing. Anyway, it, it really struck me. That this one thing I want to mention is that, you know, because, like, Shift 2, okay, this is supposed to be, like, a like a real, realer racing game. You know, like, circuit racing, like, Gran Turismo 5 with race cars and so on, right? Really? And it, 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 was, sh- it was shocking to me because it actually looked worse than Gran Turismo 5. And maybe you say to yourself, Ara, that's not so shocking. But I, I think it is because here's the thing, right? It's funny because Gran Turismo 5 is like re- renowned or, or I guess um, um, infamous for not using any super high tech in their graphics. Their, high, their graphics are distinctly low tech. Are you kidding me? Because I look at Gran Turismo days. 5 and I think that's an amazingly good looking game. It is, but it's because it's because they use super high res. They use the maximum resolution, shift 2 only to 720p, and they don't do a lot of bullshit. Okay, they don't have a lot of bullshit effects. Like most of their trees are just simple like two two poly cards, you know. Yes, like their trees look other, like junk. You know, and, and I mean their cars look fantastic, of course, right? But just, just the visibility of things in Gran Turismo was like a hundred times better in Shift 2. I was shocked because I was watching myself look down the road and I was like, wow, I can't see down half as far down this straightaway as I could in Gran Turismo 5. But the game didn't look as good as Gran Turismo 5? And it also didn't look as good. Now, there were more effects happening, right? And there's a lot of fancier stuff going on. But I don't think it looks as good. And it just goes to show you that you know, piling on the effects and making something look more impressive in certain ways is not necessarily always going to make it look better. It was actually it was harder to read. You know, in a lot of games, the art gets in your way of reading it, and that's always I always feel that's, like that's a problem. Okay, then the last last thing before we get to this Plunkett thing, because this is we don't have any more segments, do we? This is the last one. Yes, yeah, we're running up on it. All right, so I got um, I just got two games in the mail. Okay, this is this is funny because, funny because I got a game in the mail today as well. Yeah, um, so I got this incredible deal. I didn't even know this game was out in the U.S. Akai Katana, which is it's a cave shooter, 
Um, apparently, it's been out since May. I had no idea. So I got that for $17. Fantastic marketing on their part. Yeah, thanks marketing. I'm I'm like I'm like one percent of their market probably. That's probably about accurate. <laughs> and uh, they couldn't find me, but it was I discovered it actually. So maybe they did find me because it was available as as a games on demand. And I'm like, what? And then I'm like, let me look this up. I'm like, oh look, I can buy it right now. And then um, you know, because I ordered it off Amazon, so I was like, oh man, I got to order something else so I can get my free super saver shipping. And uh, and then it just so happened that Death Smiles, which is not as new a game at all, it's at least a year older, uh, maybe two, um, that was $11. So $17, $11, free shipping, no tax. For now. For now. Um, I'm a pretty happy camper. I feel, um, I feel like buying two whole games, like I've done something useful but I don't know how much I'm actually going to play these. Well, I uh, finally ordered Mortal Kombat, the complete edition, because it was on sale for 20 bucks on Amazon. I don't know if it's really on sale. That for might just Super be their Nintendo? Price. No, for the new one. Oh, the new one. Yeah. Okay, good The times. new one, but with all the downloadable content and whatnot. But what's, okay. what bums me out is, like, there's a time limit for when you can download the free content. Like, Yeah, it, okay. Incidentally, you know how on... Oh, shit. Okay, this is this is worth it. You know how on XBLA they said that uh, you can't down you can't uh, find certain games anymore, but you can still download them, or you can no. still buy them if you have the demo. Um, well, I thought no. they said that at some point. Okay, and it, it's not true actually. I have the Outrun demo, which I can play at any time, but I can no longer buy the game. So you can't unlock it, even though you have the whole game on the system. Yes, I cannot unlock it. I can't. I wanted to, and I still do want to purchase it one day, and I can't. Because it's no longer on there. Because it's no longer on there, but I have the demo still. So figure that one out. That's interesting. Yeah. So is what they were saying that you just could download it if you had previously purchased it? Purchased it? They said something about how like they were going to like reduce their catalog, but the older games would still somehow be available. But no, it's not available. Thanks, Microsoft. Well, there are some games they pull for licensing, whatever, as well. Another reason yeah. to enjoy physical media, though. Yes, it is because because and you could still find it in a store and transfer ownership. Okay, so let's 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 dedicate the last seven minutes to um to this Kotaku piece. So, I'm sure you know what I'm thinking. I, I'm actually I'm not exactly sure what you're thinking, but it's just because I've devoted all my brain cells to just selfishly thinking about myself okay. instead of considering you. Um, but let me let me do a very very brief um, intro to this. Okay, so. Uh, Kotaku published a commentary um, by Luke Plunkett um, recently. It was called Easy Modes Can Ruin Games? Um, No. And it was a response to an Assassin's Creed interview where the lead designer, Alex Hutchinson, um, tells Edge, who did the interview, quote, a lot of games have been ruined by easy modes. If you have a cover shooter and you switch it to easy and you don't have to use cover, you kind of broke your game. You made a game that is essentially the worst possible version of your game. And Luke spends this whole piece basically railing against that. In my opinion, um, he's, he's in straw man city and he is really strongly, emotionally, adversely reacting to this, not for any good reason, but the fact that he's just upset because somebody's saying something he didn't like. Well, that is something that counters his decision, I guess, because he likes to play games on easy. 
Right. So so he he says a few things, right? And he admits, hey, you know what? With a few exceptions, I play most games on easy, sometimes very easy. He says he does this because the reason why he plays games is because he wants to enjoy a story. And he doesn't play competitive, really anything competitive. And he even said that uh, he just says, I don't, I don't enjoy it. It's not my thing. I'm not saying it sucks. It's just why, not why I play games. He doesn't want to be challenged. You know, what which is me there is that he recognizes that there are different tastes in games. Yeah, which is fine. It's it's okay, Luke Plunkett, for you to think that or and have that opinion that you don't want to be challenged ever in any video game. That's okay. It's stupid, but <laughs> but this is look. He says this himself, and this is why I think he's emotionally adversely reacting to this and not actually um, looking at what uh, this guy Alex Hutchinson is saying objectively is because. Halfway through the article, he asks, why the hostility to easy mode? Does it matter if I play a cover-based shooter if I'm not having to use cover? Now, let me, let me break it down. Okay, what I think was, was happening here is that, look, all Alex Hutchinson is saying is that if you make a game that's about A, A being using cover, and you never end up using A in the game, then your game is no longer about A. And so you've not made a game about A anymore. The game is about something else. And in yeah. that way is you've made the worst possible implementation of your game. Yeah, well, and what he said was the game was broken. Not He didn't say that it's not possible to enjoy a broken game. And Luke is just like, basically, Luke is saying, no, it's fine. L- let's say you really enjoy the menu of a game, but you never bother actually pressing start and playing it. Well, you you enjoyed it. You got out of that what you wanted. But that doesn't mean that you enjoyed the gameplay or that it meant anything to you and that it delivered what the d- designer wanted to deliver to you. Right. In essence, it was broken for you. And that's where I completely agree with the person that Luke is arguing against. Right. Well, well, well Alex Hutchinson is completely right. I mean, he's basically saying something that's a tautology. It's not even an opinion. You know, he's saying something that is just naturally true by what he's describing. He's basically just making a description. You know, but I think, un- unfortunately, I think that uh, Luke Plunkett here is is basically taking his words and stretching them beyond what they were ever intended to mean. Um, I mean, it's not the first person this first time this has happened in the world, so it's not that dramatic. But at the same time, right? It's it's. Um, but he he also points out like there are different types of people, right? He plays games for the narrative, right? But then he compares it to someone's statement about a game for gameplay. Right. Well, right. He, I think that he's upset odds here. that like that upset about the possibility that there may be a game that's narrative heavy that may also be challenge heavy, and it's really clear that he just never wants to play a narrative heavy game where he's also heavily challenged. And you know what? For better or worse, there's lots of games like that. And you know, it's it's we're coming up on the end here, but it's the, the most interesting thing about this whole because this is a traditional controversial thing to me, is that, um, you know, we should, we should like, add a few more minutes to this episode. We've got, you've got two minutes. Yeah, I think I'm going to need more than two minutes. I'll now. spread it out if you want. Yeah, let's do that. Let's add a few more minutes. Cause, All right. Because also that, that music's breathing down my neck. Well, it hasn't started yet, so keep yeah. talking. Okay. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, so so let me gather my thoughts once again. What am I saying? I feel like there are there's a certain contingent of people, right? And this is like this is a very unpopular argument to make, and I'm kind of like speaking extemporaneously, which is why I'm it's taking me a little little bit to get this point out. But there's a lot of people who they're like, well, I should be able to enjoy the game any way I want, right? 
I should be able to flip any switch I want. I should be able to customize it according to whatever I desire. I should be able to just play the parts I want to play and not be burdened by the parts that I feel are burdensome, whatever those parts are, right? Kind of like you playing Outland, stopping yeah. before playing the last well, level. Well, there's a lot of various degrees to take it, right? And I mean, this small degree is I've had enough of this game. It's too hard now. I don't want to play it anymore. And that's fine, obviously, you know? Um, and then there's the other extreme, which is um, I want to be able to just choose the moments that I play and I don't want to be restricted from seeing any part of the game at any point in time that I feel like seeing. And that that's a little bit too much, right? And the thing that always, I don't know, it fascinate, what fascinates me is that, like, where do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line between um, being entitled to consume and experience the product in, in, in any way that suits your whimsy? I mean, between a, a, a reasonable thing that you should be able to do and an unreasonable thing that you should not be able to do. You know, when you when you decide to purchase a game, the assumption is that you've purchased it. Right. Uh, you, yeah, obviously you get to do whatever you want with it. And if you enjoy the thing that you got, great. But what we're talking about here, it is is a designer giving his opinion on or his, right. or his what, feeling what, on what the intention. Right, but we're talking about, but we're also talking about users like this guy who kind of feel like they should, they're entitled to maybe enjoy the game in ways apart from the way it was designed. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, he gets to do whatever he wants, right. but that doesn't make the argument from the designer about the design of a game right. uh, less valid. And, and what I find especially interesting in this case is that he talks about very, very explicitly that he's looking for the story, the narrative, and he uses those words. Right. In a game, that's right. what he wants. That's all what he he's, wants. What he's arguing is the point that the designer is making about gameplay, which is like basically in direct odds with the idea of, of story. Right. The person who wants story wants you've, – you've said before, there's passive entertainment right. and there's active entertainment, right. right? He wants story. He wants something passive, but he's in an interactive medium. Right. So he either needs to accept that there is an intentional level of interaction right, by the designer right. or – you know, that there isn't, right? And that you're going to be watching a movie, which he points to quite often uh, in the article, right? You're watching a movie, reading a book, whatever. And it's an unfair argument because he's playing a game. A game has gameplay. It has interactive I, elements. I so it has too. challenge. And he should accept that that's there for a reason. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure, I'm not sure, but I'm hoping that all you listeners will have um, lots of opinions about this and uh, the other things we talked about this week. So... Give us a call. Give us an email. Tell us what you think. The website is chatterboxgameshow.com. Like I said, it will be updated sometime soon. Anybody, do you know if that hurricane hit Kentucky? I uh, may have skimmed Kentucky. That that Maybe. may have something to do with the fact that I can't get a hold of the yeah. person who runs my server. It's, by the time it gets that far inland, it's kind of like an annoying cloud. It's not really a hurricane anymore. Anyway, uh, we will be back, as always, next week. So get a hold of us. Chatterboxgameshow.com is where you can do that. And we will talk about what you want us to talk about next week. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.